kickback, bring the whole crew. Right around 10, came dressed in the nines. You already know what we really finna do when we pull up on the scene, pull up on the scene, pull up on the scene, yeah, we pull up on the scene. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the third season of The Trillist. This season is all about advice. So we have anonymous people. I swear I do not know who these people are. They submitted their issues. And each episode, I have three friends, in addition to myself, who will be giving this person advice. So on this episode, I have Kristen. Hi, everyone. I have Sydney. What's up? And I have Avery. Hello. So let's get into it. Dear Sia, I used to be best friends with Jane Doe, but she was emotionally abusive and ruined my life, so I decided to stop spending time with her. She's in therapy now, and I miss her and kind of want to be friends with her again. Should I? Everyone else tells me that she's toxic, and you should never go back to toxic people, but she was still my friend for a while, and we had fun when we were together. What are your thoughts? That's an interesting entry. <laughs> um, I just want to say that you guys can also talk. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think when it comes to like, friendships over time mm-hmm. and when people are trying to work on themselves, it becomes a bit of a difficult issue. Yeah, I think one should measure, one should measure the net benefits and, like, cost you know of being someone's friend like i mean not to make it all like econy and stuff but like <laughs> i think that uh, at the end of the day if someone's costing you a lot like in terms of like being stressful toxic manipulative whatever that may be and not bringing that much benefit into your life and i know this person mentioned that they're a good time in terms of socially but you know i feel like a friendship is more than social especially like when you're thinking holistically like how are they motivating you you know uh how do like do they encourage you to be a good person? Do they hold you accountable? And if they're just this social person who's fun when it, at some time, but the rest of the time is, like, toxic, um, I think it's worth evaluating, you know? True. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think human beings oftentimes are very cyclical. Like, we like to repeat what we've done in the past, um, and it's very hard to get away from that cycle. So just remember that. Um, if they were toxic before, you need to think about yourself and what's going to be best for you. Um, if that's being friends with them again, if they're, they've changed and you feel like you can move forward with them in a positive direction, go for it, but be cautious. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's something where you can test the waters and, you know, see what this person is like now, what their demeanor is. Uh, but in general, just because you've had a relationship with this person in the past does not mean that you owe them anything. And it does not mean that you need to go back into your, uh, you know, level of toxicity that you felt, uh, just because this person has, you know, been going through therapy and working on themselves. That's like very true that you guys mentioned this, um, my middle school and high school best friends, like, we were in a trio. And one of them, I knew her since, like, fifth grade. So it was, like, a really long time. And um, I remember seventh grade, there was an issue. And, like, the friendship stopped. But then we found our way back to each other. And then 10th grade, there was, like, a massive thing. And I thought I would never be friends with her again to the point that my mom's, like, 
if this person ever, if you talk about it, like, I'm disowning you. Like, yeah, my mom's dramatic. She's African. <laughs> but, um, again, we found our way back to each other and became best friends again. And I think there's a level of, like, comfort and love you have for the person. You remember all the good times. And I think maybe this person, when they mention fun, they mean, like, the times where you're laughing at home or watching a movie or, like, the stupid memes you send to each other. But... I bring up this antidote because I was in the hospital over um, winter break for like eight days. And I let like the people who were close to me know that and including this person. And she was supposed to come to the hospital. I was like really scared. I didn't know like what was happening and so on. And she was supposed to come that night and she never came. The next day, no text. Um... Another day, no text, and when I got, like, discharge, she texted me and was like, hey, like, X, Y, and Z happened, and then I had something wrong with my eye and couldn't drive. Then I was like, your mom, because since we've known each other for a long time, would have, like, driven you, so there's something there. But prior to this, I had started to feel, like, a disconnect. We go to different universities and so on. Um, And after that, I realized, like, when you need someone like the most and she wasn't there and I say this is like my best friend, I realize I really needed like to cut things off. It really sucks because you lose, it's it's like an end of a, new, a relationship and I take my friendships as like bigger than relationships because it's like lifelong, I don't know, I'm a child of divorce so like <laughs> I look at relationships as like you can like bounce and like leave but friendships it's like a different, a different connection. And it sucks. So I think you should reevaluate um, how they affect you. But if you notice that it's not good for your, like, mental, that's the most important thing. Are you guys the type of people where if your friends tell you, like, don't do something, don't do it, do you actually listen to them? Or mm, I actually <laughs> love my friends telling me this. Like, I'm a very deci- – like, I'm indecisive, but I'm also very, like, self-aware. So especially if my friends are giving me advice – I tend to take it because I usually ask for it. I mean, mm, I'm indecisive. (laughs) But the point is, I'm not a rebellious person. I'm like, I'm not going to do it because I can't read or something like that. Like, I'm very, (laughs) I I will consider it. And then I'll, yeah, generally I will. I, it depends on, like, what kind of advice. So when it comes to, like, (laughs) when it comes to guys, I will, I will take their advice. But then further down the line, be like you know what I'm gonna forgive this person and like do that rodeo again and then after I'm like I should have just listened to them it's kind of like when your parents give you advice and you're like I'm gonna do what I want and then after you get burned and you realize my parents told me this for a reason (laughs) yeah at the end of the day we're human so I think if that friend's advice you know their whole spiel convinces you towards their advice then you'll do it but if you really want something I mean, I feel like we're going to just go towards our affinities at that point. Why do you, like, bring that up? Because I know me, and I think if my friends tell me, like, don't do it, don't do it, it doesn't persuade me at all. Like, I have to really make the decision for myself um, when it comes to anything, but what I realize almost every time is that they're always right, (laughs) and same (laughs) with my parents, is... My parents, like, understand what I need in a friendship, maybe even more than I do at times. Um, 
And I think they have always known what I deserve out of any relationship that I have. Um, so even when I'm blinded by like, I really love this person and, you know, they are so good at X, Y, Z when it comes to me, I can forgive like part of who they are because I love that X, Y, Z part. But someone who's like a third party is looking at the bigger picture. Um, so I just know that about myself that I won't listen, but they're usually right. <laughs> so in this situation, if your friends are telling you, like, be careful, you should listen to them. True. And it's so interesting. Like, I have friends who got bad vibes from other people. And they're like, this person's a bad vibe. And I'm like, I like this person. And then it they turned out to be right. Because I'm kind of the person, like, immediately I do, like, a vibe check in my head. And if it passes, I, I'm, like, I'm gung-ho about a person. But there are other people, like friends in my life, who are like, no, you have to prove you're worthy. And they end up not falling into like similar traps um, and getting burned. So I think you should really ask your friends who say that that person's toxic, why exactly like she's proving to be toxic. And then you can make like a pros and cons list. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned that, right? And really like pray about it too. Um whatever faith you have or even like meditate about it and like be in a spiritual aspect and evaluate how they're um how they're adding to your life and to value because friends shouldn't detract they should add yeah i also think off of that reflecting on what you might feel you're missing from your own life that you feel like they can fulfill because i think it's beyond just that person. It's asking yourself, well, it's like when people say, oh, I really want like, like a brownie, right? Of I really want this brownie. Oh God. But in, I mean, you hear all the time from like doctors and stuff. You're like, it's not the brownie you want. It's something within that. That's like the chocolate and what's in that chocolate. What's that ingredient that you're missing? That's fulfilling your body. That's like a nutrient to you. So in this situation, not only thinking about that other person but thinking about yourself how are you living your life do you feel fulfilled and you know other than her what is that thing that can bring you nutrients in your life and give you that you know excitement and power within yourself I've been reflecting a bit like I said I'm indecisive and I think that I would also like consider oh, sorry. I would also consider the other person's like state of mind and how they're doing. Like I've experienced in my life that people that are often toxic or display signs of a friend that are like unhealthy tend to be going through things. And it's really important to support your friends in times of or I think like oftentimes, especially if you're like a higher level or closer friend, it's important to like support friends in these times. So I mean, it's still the pros and cons list, but I would also like try to not mischaracterize, you know, because I feel like when you're asking friends for advice, they're like, oh, that person sounds evil, like they're crazy. They're like, and use a lot of words to characterize people. But I think that you should also like humanize and like, why are they acting toxic? Why are they behaving this way? How can I help? What are they going through? Because I think that, I mean, it depends on who this friend is, because I do agree with Cindy's point. People can be cyclical, but I think at the same time, some people are toxic when they're going through low, like, points in their life. And if you have the energy to expend, and I think that's an important point, like, if you have that time and energy and that resource that you're willing to expend on this friend, then I would help them through that, because low points are, like, a point. Like, they'll rise, hopefully, from this. 
So I think it's also trying to figure out where your friend is and why they're behaving this way. How long has this been going on? What trauma is going on in their life? Like they're seeing a therapist. Like I know some people think about group therapy. I think it's also important to just try to understand your friend and be empathetic. That's like powerful you mentioned that because I'm in um, social psych this semester. And even in my like some of my calm classes and stuff, we've spoken about how collectivist versus individualistic societies like view people differently. So like what you just mentioned kind of gave me like the collectivist perception in that um, traits aren't inherent to the person. It's like you're looking at the circumstances. And I think that's like very powerful in like a growth mindset way. Yeah, I mean, I I think with that also, you just need to look at the history of the relationship. You know, if it is a a singular point, Mm -hmm. then I don't think that there's any pattern to the toxicity. But if, you know, you were friends with this person when you were eight and they used to steal all of your, you know, toys, and then you're friends with them again when you're 13 and, uh, you know, they talk behind your back, other people and then you come to today and and there's still these habits you know that can just be us getting out of the circumstance and looking at the individual and so I think you need to kind of reflect on that Uh, which one is it I think we should also bring it bring up the point that like self-reflection and looking at how you're treating this person because there could be something about you that it's just not the chemistry isn't like working correctly um not to always like blame yourself because that can be a trap in and of itself but to look at like what ways can I grow or what am I lacking am I doing something wrong and so on because I think it's important to see like like you said we're all humans like a lot of times I feel like we put ourselves or other people up to like a standard that's like not true and when you fail that or when that person fails it you could have high expectations for this person and fail to realize that they're human and they have shortcomings and once you realize that you might give them more like bandwidth um and be more forgiving on their actions you know I kind of think I feel like a mix of what both of you said. Like, I would challenge the point. Like, I mean, I did say a point, but I mean more so like a long point, not like a singular point. Like, I mean, like, with the example of, like, stealing toys. Like, why did they steal your toys? Did, like, I know, like, some people, like, something happened in their life and they, like, act out in a certain way. I think, like, again, like, it's a lot of energy to go dig in someone's past or try to, like, psychoanalyze why they do things. But I think... You could if you were willing to help them because people grow to the human point. But also to your point, I think you should hold people to a standard. Like this is as my friend, this is what you should do. And at the end of the day, for example, I don't want friends that talk about people. And like if you're doing that, just regardless of whether you're human or not, I don't think I want you as a close friend. Like this is a behavior I don't like around me, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you have a toxic friend, and let's say you look that same talking about someone example, if you're willing to raise your friend and teach them to stop talking about people or whatever and I, I mean that tone was kind of like eh, but even like if you do like you grow and you learn from your friends so you're willing to expend that energy and like 
help your friend through that, that's okay. But the thing about toxicity is like kind of like math. Like you're subtracting from yourself in in order to like help this toxic friend get better. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll just eat up that energy and not like produce anything positive. But sometimes they will. So it depends. But you do have to acknowledge that in any toxic friend, whether you're willing to help them or not, you're losing energy and you're losing your own like sunshine, you know? <laughs> That's very true. Um, what would you personally do if you were this person? Let's start that way. <laughs> I'm being put on the spot. Um, well, I think I kind of said it. Is, you know, you go and look at the situation. You kind of lay all the cards out. You see, you feel this person out, you know. You go sit down with them, talk to them, um, you know, see where their head is at. Because, you know, invariably, if if something, you know, has changed for the better, you know, maybe that is a relationship that you want back in your life. But, you know, I think no matter what, it's worth giving this person a chance to explain themselves and where their uh, head is at. I think I'm a bit more... Uh pessimistic about the situation um only because for me the way that I think about life at this stage of my life is that I can forgive you for anything that you've done I think everyone should get to that point of forgiveness because if you don't forgive it weighs on you and you don't deserve to feel that um but I could not get back into a friendship that I felt like wasn't just, like, naturally cohesive. So if I'm struggling so much with, you know, getting back into a friendship or even with anything, I always just say, trust your gut. And if I'm fighting my gut and that's what's really holding me back, I shouldn't be in that friendship in the first place. And that's that's how I read this is if you're still bringing in the word toxic, if you're listening to all these other people, there's something within your gut that's fighting you. So whatever your gut says, go for it. In this situation, my gut would be like, that's it. I just can't go back to that. Um, Yeah. I think um, similar to what was said earlier, Um, with the toxic thing, like, that was repeated a lot, especially with the friends stepping in. Like, a big thing for me is, like, I can handle you on my own, but once my friends are, like, your your friend is doing a little much, I have to really analyze. And I'm also really forgiving. I'm very loving. And oftentimes in my toxic friendships, I'm really, like, unwilling to let go, not because I'm negating that they're toxic, but more so because I want to be, like, Captain Save Somebody, you know? (laughs) So, like, I think that it's important to acknowledge your energy and what you can and can't do so i don't think there's a blanket for this but if you are this whoever is asking for advice if they're tired and they're not like naturally cohesive anymore like i think that like if you're straining yourself to be around someone like stepping on eggshells like you don't feel happy and i think that's oftentimes been an indicator for me in toxic friendships if i no longer feel happy hanging with you then i think i should like let it go yeah yeah we are so young And no matter what age you are, really, you don't have to be friends with everybody. You don't have to please everybody. And I think we have this infatuation with, like, amazing friendship and amazing love and amazing marriages. 
it's not like that. Nothing's perfect. But you don't have to make everybody else happy just because we're young and we're all in the, you know, if you go to the same school and, oh, God, I'm going to see this person and what are they going to think? And, oh, I don't want to make it awkward. Don't do that. It's burdening yourself when you don't have to. Just yeah. You can be a little selfish. Yeah, that's a very real, very real truth. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Thanks. Thank you guys for sharing. And I think along those lines, when you do like walk away from this person, be comfortable like being uncomfortable. A lot of people like need to get to that place in their life. And I feel like people learn that um, character trait, I guess, as they get older because they've just been through life and, you know, it no longer bothers them. But if you see someone you don't like, walk past them. <laughs> Sometimes smile. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm having such a good time, you know? <laughs> it, like, irks them even more. And just, like, ignore it. You don't have to... Um, mm-hmm. I'm in a class with someone I don't talk to, and I was talking in class. It's a seminar. I was just... It's a great class. I was having a good old time. So it's it's fine, you know? You're not going to get along with everyone. Mm-hmm. Also, That's life. I, I think the hard part is over, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the space had been created. I mean, the toxic feelings have been felt. Uh, and, you know, you've come out of this. So because that hard part is over, it's not like you have to, um, I don't know, like put the Band-Aid back on, right? I mean, you can go and you can see what this person is like. But, you know, kind of saying, I don't want this person in my life, you've already felt the feelings of that separation, so I think that's a much easier decision to make. Yeah, I would even say to your point about uncomfortable, it doesn't have to be, like you said, with the smile thing, like not even to irk them, like even when people that you've like cut off, it doesn't have to be malicious. I mean, obviously it ends up being like rough and stuff, but you can still smile when they see them if they, if you must ask, how are you and stuff. But like, there's no animosity. It was just for your health. Like, I honestly realized that you weren't the kind of person I wanted to keep as a friend. And it's not meaning that you're a bad person. It's just not what I wanted. So I'll smile when I'll see you. I'll say, I'll wave. But it doesn't mean we're hanging out and being as close and intimate as it used to be. Mm-hmm. And also, if they come back and they judge you for what she just said, they weren't a good friend in the first place. Mm-hmm. Period. Because they should care. Yep. So what should we all say? Cut the person off, right? Evaluate. Or, like, reflect. Evaluate. Okay. Reflect. <laughs> reflect and evaluate. And then maybe <laughs> cut them off. And maybe cut them off. Yes. But, but don't be scared, too. Unapologetically. Scared. Yes. Be yourself. So, um, thank you guys for all coming on today. I just want to give a caveat. We are all, we are not like Dr. Phil, um, Dr. Sia, Dr. Kristen, Dr. Sid, <laughs> Dr. Avery. We are college students that have ha- we have our own like life experiences. And yes, we might be young, but we're still learning and so on. And we're here to share what we have gone through so that you could have an easier time making your decision. Um, so take all our advice with a grain of salt, but definitely please take it. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to ask each of you guys, um, could you let me know your major? Uh, I'm a health policy and law concentration within health and societies. Ooh. I'm international relations. Nice. I'm um, politics, philosophy, and economics with a concentration in 
public policy and government. Ooh. Awesome. Ooh. Lots of acronyms. <laughs> so you guys all love to read. Sometimes. <laughs> academic works of literature. You like to stay knowledgeable about the world. Yes. yes. And I'm bringing this up because this season, the Trillis is sponsored by The Economist. Okay. And we have a special promo code for all of our listeners, young, old. If you listen, use our code. It's in the description box. I personally have been using The Economist. Um, I've been subscribed since freshman fall because um, my intro to IR professor recommended it as like a source that's like not as biased as like other news outlets. I like um, listening to it in the morning and I have a digital subscription, but you can do digital and print and it's amazing. And if you use our code, you can get a moleskin notebook with the Economist branded on it. Wow. So for free, and it's a $12, 12-week 12 subscription. So please check it out. The Economist is great. I love it. I'm not selling you, like, fake news, no pun intended. <laughs> um, I personally use it, and I've been subscribed for such a long time. So, yeah, please check it out. All right, thank you guys for listening. I hope you get your life and continue living. For more chill content, follow Sia on Instagram at S-I-A-L-I-N-D-A underscore and the Trillis's Instagram page at T-H-E-T-R-I-L-L-E-S-T underscore U-Pen. So again, it's at Cialinda with the underscore and at the Trillis underscore U-Pen. If you could please rate and leave a comment on this podcast that would be great it would help us be more easily identifiable on itunes and so on and grow our listenership and tell your friends thank you we would like to thank mary oshilano and the kelly writers house for letting us record in the rexler studio peace and love Jeez.